This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Otago Access Radio, in partnership with Otago Polytech, brings you Blowing Bubbles. Blowing Bubbles brings you positive conversations with people in their bubbles around the world. How are people living their bubble lives? Working from home, keeping kids entertained, and staying connected and getting exercise. And how are these things presenting us with the opportunities to find new ways of living? Every weekday, the Sustainable Lens team of Samuel Mann, Shan Gallagher and Mara Karatai reach out from their bubbles to chat with interesting and positive people around the world. Broadcast on Otago Access Radio 105.4 FM and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz and sustainablelens.org. Bringing connection, joy, kindness and peace in the days ahead. Welcome to Blowing Bubbles, positive conversations with people in their bubbles, their safe spaces around the world. I'm Samuel Mann in Sawyer's Bay, Dunedin, and today I am joined by Bob and Barbara Beck, who are in Philadelphia, I think. Mm-hmm. Close at hand, yes. Yes, suburban Philadelphia. Not quite in the middle of the city, but out in the uh, suburbs. expanded suburbs. So how has your bubble life been? Oh, how has our bubble life been? We've had a very nice bubble life, I think. The bubble seems to be reasonably large. includes a number of people. Uh, We've been having neighbors as part of our bubble uh, who have come to sit on the patio at a socially distant uh, distance uh, and to have maybe dessert. and uh, we've had uh, the good fortune of being able to see all our children and their mates, so that's six, and nine grandchildren over the last nine months in bits and pieces. And again, very carefully, socially distanced, masked, hugs with faces the other way, breathing the other way, um, windows open wide, uh, very cautious. Um, the, the, our children and grandchildren, what, the oldest 22, are very concerned that these old people, who we are at this point, uh, do do not get this disease, and we really don't want this disease. So we have we have worked within a bubble of friends and family, but have extended ourselves out into the community, and we have even traveled by camping and by in a tent at a time when nobody else is, which was in September. When it was getting a little chilly, was it not? It was a little chilly, but if you go camping in the middle of the week, uh, nobody's there. The campgrounds are full on the weekends for people trying to escape from their homes, but uh, in the middle of the week, you can find occupy one campsite and discover that the eight nearest ones are empty. Yeah, and so that was really great fun for us because we hadn't camped for 20 years, <laughs> and we actually celebrated by buying us a brand new tent that we can stand up in so that we don't have to crawl out the front door, which it it was just delightful. And it was so fun because we just sat around mostly reminiscing on our camp trips of the years and uh, with our children and such. So I think that uh, for us, it has opened up new ways of doing things. We have found new places to go hike and to walk um, at least three, four times a week in our neighborhood, just 50, within a 50 mile radius. There are so many things 
that we have not explored before that we now have can say we went there we walked there we bicycled we you know um took our picnic and ate you know by ourselves <laughs> but right. but it's been yeah and you know this is a way to sort of well, I don't know whether it's expanding the bubble, but it's getting outside of the confines of the home. And it's doing things that uh, we actually haven't had time to do. Right. You know, I wound up uh, as the um, as the pandemic started, finishing up a semester uh, teaching from home. I hadn't really planned that as being the way that I was going to finish up my teaching career, but uh, in fact, it was. So I'm uh, I'm not officially retired. I claim because they haven't been able to give me a party, uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, I'm on, and officially on leave this year. So doing a few things with Villanova, but there aren't uh, the constraints of you know meeting a class working with students so that we've had the time to you know, in the middle of the day say let's go take a long walk uh to say well we can take off um four or five days and go visit our family and and meet up halfway so bubble, just, bubble life has been okay yeah i mean we've sort of decided that you know we're fortunate we're really fortunate we have a home we have food we have friends we have family we have a half an acre of land of which there are many gardens vegetable and flower we have a woodland and in it we have seen uh let's see the first sighting was of course deer which we would hope not to have because they eat our our fruit and vegetables um coyote uh fox uh, of course, rabbits and squirrels and birds and hawk. We have a nice hawk that comes and yeah, comes terrorizes in. our songbirds. <laughs> um, but we have a lot of a lot of things to be really happy with. And and what we found is that there were things that we found even in our woods. That we've been here fifty years in this house. That in our woods, I look out the window and I say, "What's what tree is that that has a flower on it?" <laughs> and and we found like two or three that uh, you know flowering trees in the woods that we had never seen before because we were always coming and going too quickly. So that that has just been really that has mm -hmm. been really enlightening for us. Really enlightening for us and we've tried to uh stay in contact with some of the neighbors uh the people next door are also uh quite isolated from their children three of them and they have eight grandkids uh all of those are local but they don't come to see grandma and grandpa so uh, they don't want them to get the COVID. They don't want them to get the COVID. So right. Lou and Antoinette and Barb and I have uh, had several uh, dinners together on the patio. Uh, it's been very nice now during the summertime when the weather was warm. And we even managed to arrange a Thanksgiving dinner. With um, all the windows open. <laughs> with all the windows open. With them inside. Yeah, just um, the four of us. Just the four of us. Typically, she has 22 of her family for dinner. And we typically have, 
large numbers. I try not to count, and we have them <laughs> at our mountain house typically. And and it was really wonderful for the four of us. And Antoinette and I are like, this is so easy, you know. And they brought out pictures of Italy and told us about how, where their families raised and how they came across to to America when they were teenagers. I mean, it was really it was a wonderful Thanksgiving, and our kids. We're so relieved that we had a place to be and not, and you know, not to come. Don't come. Don't come. Um, because, you know, on the week of Thanksgiving, the government said, don't go. And, and we are, we actually listen to the CDC and people of knowledge and go, oh, yeah, all right, we will stay put. We will not go to Philip's house five hours away. We will, in fact, stay home. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so we've been, we've been uh, trying to really not get this virus, uh, very much so, uh, but trying to enjoy life. Mm-hmm. And trying, trying to help, too. So uh, one of the things that is, we've been affiliated with the, uh, through our church with a community cupboard. Uh, And the cupboard has seen sort of uh, times three increase in the number of people coming to pick up food each week. So Barb has been busy buying things for the cupboard and then going on uh, Thursday or Tuesday evenings to uh, distribute, and I sort of work in the background, helping out, lifting things here and there, and driving things, and I guess collecting things. Yeah. So our covered community covered is um, our church, other churches, and the school district. Okay, primarily, uh, we get donations from corporations and locals, and people drop off food and from the Pennsylvania government and the federal government uh, through families and food. Uh, we were having about, we started the cupboard about three years ago and we were having about 40 families a week. And now we have between 120 and 160 a week. Um, the whole downstairs of our community uh, room that of our at, church at, the church, at yeah. the church is completely filled, completely filled with tables and foods of various kinds. And um, it takes, it takes an army. It really does. I think we have between 40 and 60 volunteers a week. We've hired on a manager to help at this point. And uh, the difficulty and hard part is that no one can, because of the, the pandemic, no one can come into church other than the volunteers. And we all, you know, wash hands, put gloves on, have masks on, and stay away from each other. And so all the food is distributed outside. Um, they are put on, you know, platforms outside of their boxes, and they're in bags already packed for people. And they have some, our families have some choices of produce, fresh produce. We'll ask, do you want cabbage, cauliflower, red beets, or, you know, I'm making it up, lettuce. And they get to choose two. Um, so there's no waste, but but it it is very challenging. And now as it's getting colder, it's really more difficult for the volunteers because it's just really cold outside. Um, and so they're having to put on a lot of clothes and we have heaters and we have hot chocolate and shift so that those who are working outside uh, come in to get warmed up. Uh, the, the families that are coming are, uh, some of them are homeless. Some have homes but have no food. We ask no questions. We don't ask who you, we, nope. we do ask who you are. What is your name? Because we keep track. 
and we've used and we have people's address and phone number and or um, email but there's no asking you know what their wage is or anything of that nature um, and they come with families of seven or eight and they come as single people it's just amazing and we start in the evening at five and when i arrive at four there's already cars in line and the cars go all the way out of the church lot down the street and around the corner so it's just you know and people will say well how do you know that they're just not like taking advantage of you and i said who would want to sit in your car and wait for food that somebody else picks for you and puts it in your car instead of ringing up mm -hmm. the grocery store and having them drop mm -hmm. it off on your front porch yeah so i mean these people are in dire need and it's 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 gotten worse i mean we have now we were 120 families now we're 160 so that's since december oh, and, yeah. and and it's only going to get since worse october. well it's gotten worse mm -hmm. from yeah. yeah in october it was 120 in mm -hmm. december it was up to 160. It, yes. so i think an, that we're just like having it must take a huge amount of overcoming pride to have to go and get food like that mustn't yeah. it so oh yeah not doing that lightly yeah, mm -mm. that's right. That's no, exactly right. That's exactly right. I mean, this is because they're hungry. You know, yeah. they're hungry. And, and I think, uh, you know, there's a large number of people that live in the area that are involved in the service industries of one kind and another, have a huge number of restaurants and other things in the area. And those are the people that aren't working now. Yeah. You know, we've been trying to do things to support the local business. You know, getting takeout from the restaurants that are open um, and being generous in our tips to them. Uh, but uh, the whole economy has really been hurt by what's going on. Oh, and I just want to add, we deliver to 34 families that have no cars. That's the other thing that's done, because if you don't have a car, you can't come and pick it up. So we go to them with the food. Um, and, and the schools are really trying to educate the children. Just last week, I was asked to speak to a first grade virtually about why they should um, get together and get us a whole lot of canned goods um, and show them the various things like beans and tomatoes that they could get together. And then also that they would make some holiday cards to go into the bags at Christmas time that would just be a greeting and, you know, happy, hope mm -hmm. you have a, a good Christmas. Um, so there really is a big effort to go out and be caring about others. And uh, it's a very necessary effort, very mm -hmm. necessary. Effort. And, you know, as you go out of your bubble like this to the church to distribute food or to the grocery store to buy food or to the post office to mail letters, um, you remain very vigilant and careful about trying to be in not in contact with others who might be spread the virus to you and you know it's i think it's worked pretty well we're we sort of know who we're in contact with who are in the bubbles and which bubbles we can uh, have overlap you know we'll have a family that's also been in a bubble both parents are working from home the kids are uh going to school from home um and you know so they're 
we're not in contact with anybody, and we've done a couple of things with them, and we'll uh, go up to the mountains next week and uh, do um, three or four days with them there. And that family's from India, um, and um, so they can't, their parents who might have come and stayed for six months, or they, you know, may have gone to see, is impossible for them. And so we we are like their substitute grandparents for their kids because their kids are um, 17 and 15. And uh, we can, you know, offer a different way of thinking and um, contribution to their lives. So and it's, ter- it's loads of fun for us. Um, the last time we had them to our mountain house for a week in the summer, <laughs> the kids enjoyed decorating Christmas cookies. I told them they were getting ready. They were absolutely getting ready for now <laughs> when we go this weekend.
is the Dave Brubeck Quartet, Take 5. So the one thing I wanted to say is we didn't say is that we have a community garden. Do you want to tell them about our community garden? So uh, in addition to the 300 or so square feet that we plant in vegetable garden here at the house, uh, the community garden in Upper Marion has set aside uh, two plots uh, for the community covered and we've been the designated gardeners for that so that means that uh, we get to uh, plow and plant well plow is really a small tiller yeah. uh, and uh, try to collect together some fresh veggies that we can give out at the garden um, the uh, cherry tomatoes were very successful this year they Cherry tomato after cherry tomato. Not so much uh, the uh, peppers. Um, The green beans were quite good. Uh, We've also gotten other people who have plots at the community garden. There are about, I guess, 60 plots in the community garden um, to donate food toward the cupboard. And um, the people have been generous in their donations uh, to help out others. The ones that are planting the gardens are probably ones that aren't suffering that badly from being in bubbles. Um, Early on, we were supposed to be very, very careful in the garden, but, you know, the gardens is outside and the wind is blowing and People are still wearing masks, though, coming to the garden. Yeah. Um, But now, instead of one person from your family allowed in the garden, you can have two people coming to your garden. (laughs) So, but the main main thing is that people are really trying. And, you know, even when you offer someone in at the church, one week I just put in little sandwich bags, cherry tomatoes and fresh basil, and one of the women sent a note back at how grateful she was to have a fresh tomato with fresh. So, I mean, it's a small thing. I mean, it would go on one salad, really, not feed a family of eight, that's for sure. But I think people are really pleased and it means a community effort. And I think that's important. Mm -hmm. When you're suffering, when people are suffering and dying of a disease and are going to have weeks or months of rehabilitation if they survive, you need a whole community to take care of of each other yeah and you know it's we've been trying to be very conscious of this both you know in the neighborhood and with the family and with our friends at the church and friends through the community covered so um it's been you know i don't think we've 
suffered that much, as Barb says. You know, we're we're privileged. You know, we've got a house, we've got food, we've got money, we've got the ability to get places and escape. Um, others uh, not so, so not so fortunate. Yeah. Bubble sprite of the forest of Orokunui, Dunedin's favorite goddess, Tahu Mackenzie. Kia ora koutou, nā mihi aroha nui, kia koutou kotahua hau. We're all happy to take your superstars and your beloved universes. And I really hope that wherever you are, whatever's happening around you, during all on together, prove to be their water, very sustained and illuminating for you more and more each day, who you triumph from nature's per year, mate. Thank you. So beautiful people, as we know, it's been an incredibly intense year. So many very, very powerful emotions that we've all moved through together. And really, we have experienced this tumultuous roller coaster as a planet. And so with deep gratitude that I find myself here, of course, in Altipostan Eden. And I'm free and grateful. And I'm so grateful to everybody who's been involved making this possible. Thank you all. I'm so grateful for our leadership and our support that we have here. We're so lucky. And of course, for all of us, this may be the first time that we've had the opportunity to pause slightly and start to process all the things that have happened this year. It has been for me. It's my first, it's been my first weekend of having some time off, really for months and months and months. Had all sorts of exciting events happen. And so this has been the first weekend of a wee pause. And so I basically have just slept for a very long time and also have been processing a lot of grief and pain around Harvey Penfold returning up north and me finding myself here living a solo experience in the Womanship. But of course, so, so grateful for our ability as a species to really care for ourselves in ways that mean we can possess these very difficult emotions, painful emotions. So I have renewed my vows to self here, making sure that I'm following my ketotal eating plan that works best for me. I'm getting my wonderful endorphins every day, that I'm getting my lovely reward system and various things that I'm achieving experiencing giving to myself serotonin dope and of course lots of opportunities to nurture and nourish those around me and have great affection at times with the people that I love and of course Poirot and Hastings the nine hey 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 HQ all that wonderful oxytocin and making sure I'm getting lots of sleep all these things are really helping for me to process grief so I really hope that for you if you are having time to work through these big changes that have you are holding your own hand being very kind and compassionate to yourself making sure that you're giving yourself all the things you need and I was so grateful today that I had lots of wonderful help from my friend Mia and she helped me pack up lots and lots of bird feeders and she also helped me transform Mighty Mama Maya's maternity ward into a much more grounded and functional beautiful beautiful home for her and her three beautiful offspring one of whom we named Mia it's very exciting and what we did was we took all the mesh and the wheels off the base of the maternity ward and we settled it nice and comfortably in the veggie sanctuary so lots of yummy food and beautiful beautiful environment for the wee babies and it means that mighty mama Maya, of course can now start foraging with her wee babies and i'm very excited to go and visit them tomorrow morning and i love walking down to the garden and i can hear them beep 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 cheeping away and it's so beautiful so i'm really hoping that tomorrow i'll go and visit and they'll be playing in their wee garden 
and we put bricks all around the outside so no introduced predator come and gobble them up. So it was a very, very wonderful day and a reminder to me that when we are feeling stuck in these states of grief that we can always reframe and give ourselves a new perspective by having those opportunities to give and connect with others. So I want to thank my wonderful mother for reminding me of encouraging me out of my wallowing pit and back into the light and the bright day. And I look forward to talking to you tomorrow. Thanks so much. Kakiti. You're listening to Blowing Bubbles. We're talking with Bob and Barbara Beck, who live in Pennsylvania. So according to what I've been hearing from the US government, they voted three times on behalf of 23 dead people from out of state. Is that how it worked? Uh, close, close, but not quite. Uh, you know, we got to vote one time. We actually chose not to vote by mail no, for not. fear that uh, something might happen, happen to the mail-in votes. Yeah. It didn't, but yeah. uh, uh, and the voting in person was very easy. There was one person in line in front of me when I went down yeah. to vote, and uh, no, it was easy to cast the vote and get it. Uh... But what we know is how pleased we are with the election results. Although the president, the president of this time is not admitting to being uh, going out of office, we are very pleased to have someone who really cherishes our nation and wants to work to make it whole again and to bring people together instead of division. Um, Philadelphia is has tremendous amount of poverty and unrest and is a wonderful city with much to give uh, along with the Liberty Bell and the beginning of the independence but um, but the social unrest and the the what has happened to those of our our country that are of color is really unacceptable. And we feel very strongly about that. We lived during the time of Martin Luther King and cried with the people when he was assassinated. And um, we feel very strongly that there has been injustice uh, to these um, people of color and that we need to do something about it, that Mm -hmm. the police department needs to uh, figure out how they can be more humane and how they can work with people that are really Uh, distressed and that that we need to know more. So as part of that, I have uh, been involved in a women's group um, online and also we met in the summer socially distance on the lawn to learn about racial justice and racial equity and how how this has happened over the centuries. What have we what has happened to to make this continue to rise up as a badness in our country? Um, and have learned a tremendous amount about that, despite the fact that we're all white women and that only some of us, myself, having had uh, acquaintances and friends who are, are of color, but others who have never had that opportunity, who still want to know. They want to learn. They want to be different. They want our, our cities and our world to be different than what it is to accept others of color and race in our country. So that that has been really important to both Bob and I. We've both done a tremendous amount of reading and listening to YouTube and videos. And I took uh, too many courses at Villanova that were for professional, you know, court classes and um, mm-hmm. and have learned a lot. Yeah. yeah. And uh, whether groups learning this will help, I, I don't know, you know, is we're talking there's uh, demonstrations going on in washington dc for people that are not 
happy with the way that the election came out and they're you know we hope that they'll settle down but there's not really good indication that uh, the proud boys and all the other uh, groups that are really upset about uh, a uh, shift in the nature of the country uh, whether they will actually accept that that's going to happen yeah uh, we're sort of of the belief that that's not going to happen it's certainly not right away no. and it's going to take a lot of a lot of years and time of change and um you know i have to give um senator joe biden and kamala harris a great deal of applause for coming out to take on this challenge i mean they are courageous individuals <laughs> um, because the country is really in trouble economically and spiritually and and racially in every way america is in trouble so um but we personally five days after the election when the votes started piling up for yeah. biden went hooray yay yeah. we <laughs> can sleep at night <laughs> and and really felt yeah. quite a burden come off our shoulders yes you no, know we really uh, amazingly all of a sudden relaxed yeah some, yeah we and were. could go about doing other things yeah. not having to worry about what the political situation right. might turn out to be. Correct. And there was yeah. an amazing moment in Philadelphia outside a landscaping company that oh. it just it, yes. it sort of brought uh, it brought the to us almost a farce, didn't it? Oh yes. Oh, it's so fun. Yes, I, I have a T-shirt that says "Make America Rake Again." <laughs> Rake, R-A-K-E. <laughs> so, Rake America. So, uh, um, yeah. that, that landscaping company has uh, been marvelous in its response to yeah. a news yeah. conference, apparently deliberately set uh, at the landscaping company. This was Julianing and uh, others in the group decided that the conference would be there, uh, I guess hoping that it would be in sort of a working white class white neighborhood of Philly and that people would come out and, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, but the thing that turned the tide of course, uh, was that within minutes, uh, Trump tweeted, we're meeting at four seasons and the, the four hotel, se- the hotel, <laughs> and the four seasons hotel said, no, 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 you're <laughs> no, not meeting here. Nobody. No, no, you're not. So that was the beginning of this, uh, really <laughs> wonderful thing that happened because, then, um, you know, people were so like fun, making so much fun about it that loads of people came to visit and there were loads of articles and then people decided they would do a run from one Four Seasons landscaping to the Four Seasons <laughs> Hotel and then there were too many people. So then they did it virtual and all the 10 hours that went on for you to register for this went to Phil Abundance, which is for the food distribution in Philadelphia. So it was fantastic. And then people started ordering shirts from them (laughs) and they set it up. The landscape people set up a place to make t-shirts and made 30,000. Yeah. They supposedly sold about 38,000 t-shirts. They had to set up their conference room or as a fulfillment center and get people who aren't out, uh, raking and doing landscaping in the fall and early winter here their employees to come and stuff t-shirts into bags and slap labels on and so send them it, out it's so 
Our whole great. family now has uh, new shirts oh, awesome. to wear. <laughs> <laughs> All the gardeners in our family have yes. a new shirt to wear. Yes. Yeah. So uh, we're making America rake again. Yeah. <laughs> we have seen lots of societal change over the last year or so. What do you hope will stick? Hmm. What will, will stick? I hope that the the um, the process that we're going through to try to get more racial justice will stick um, and the, that that process will continue and that we'll actually see some success uh, in having it uh, you know, stick from month to month, year to year, administration to administration. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, you know, like America is known around the world as a place where immigrants could come and make a new life for themselves, just like our Indian friends that we have. And, and you know, that will be once again recognized and acknowledged. And I think that looking at Biden's uh, workforce and uh, who he's chosen for vice president and is, is saying, you know, this is our world now. This is our world. We're not, you know, Europeans that came, you know, 400 years ago anymore. No, we're not. And we all need to embrace this country mm-hmm. that we honor and love. And I must say that for the very first time since Biden won the election and is piecing our world back together, I feel proud to be an American. I mean, for years I have felt since Obama was out that we were really going to crisis, really yeah. going to crisis. So I think that these things, I think these things will will happen, and people will recognize that good can come out of what was really, really bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, there's also hope, uh, uh, strong hope that the whole issue of climate change will come back and be uh, addressed uh, by intelligent people looking at the science and looking at the economics mm-hmm. and uh, we'll actually be able to make some difference. Uh, you know, we'll get back into the Paris Climate Accord and we'll start uh, doing things that uh, look toward a more sustainable future. Um, I've been asking people in New Zealand for whom the pandemic response has been largely positive and successful, what lessons we can take from the pandemic response for those bigger sorts of questions for climate change, um, social inequity. So I'm not sure how to ask it for you because I'm not sure what you'll want to learn from your pandemic response, but I'll ask it anyway. Uh, I think one of the things we want to learn or we want to have people understand is that you accept the science and you accept the direction of the people who uh, understand that science. Mm -hmm. Uh, The CDC, our Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, have uh, really sought under the leadership here recently and uh if they can come out of it and then be able to make statements that people start believing you know that's one of the things we want to learn we want to learn to trust the science and to produce leadership that actually uh gives a direction to proceed that will be helpful and i'm hopeful you know as a nurse and just as a caring people, that people have become more caring and more 
conscious of others. Um, and I hope that that continues both racially and just even next door neighbor, um, that those, you know, everyone has to be in this together. It's hard. It's a big nation with a lot of people with a lot of different thoughts on issues and ways of living. So it's not like your little country, you know, it's much harder here. It's really harder here. But I do feel like, you know, national pride may be something other than white pride again, and that we will actually be able to feel like we're, we're really, um, we love our country, which mm -hmm. I think a lot of people have felt that they have not loved this country um, because of what had happened in the last four years specifically, but really um, over a long period of time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I think you're right. That If we can also learn the idea that, uh, and there have been a number of commentators mentioned this too, that the, uh, the population stepped up to help. Uh, the communities stepped up to help. And if we can continue to do this, not just leave it to the government, uh, but uh, individuals and small community groups uh, of all kinds working to make things better, to make a difference. I've got some questions to end the show with, but before we do that, I'm going to play You'll Never Walk Alone. Okay. I'll let you have a choice because you said you wanted jazz versions. So would you like Aretha Franklin or Louis Armstrong? Aretha Franklin. Aretha Franklin.
anthem of the pandemic perhaps what is the biggest success you've had over the last couple of years biggest success so I don't, I don't, I don't... Fin- finishing out a career of teaching <laughs> uh, 54 years oh um, and i've tried to count the number of different courses i've taught it's probably close to 100 different courses uh, of one flavor and another um the mine has been getting used to retirement, having been a nurse for probably close to 50 years. Um, 
and um, to accept that life is different. I said to Bob this year, I think I was asked to talk to the first graders and I got a very nice review back from the teacher <laughs> saying, you did a wonderful presentation. And it seems so strange because, you know, in my career life, I gave talks at national epilepsy meetings, you know, so, <laughs> you know, I'm a new person now. I'm a different person. I have to be. And that's okay. It's all right. We have a new 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 way of living and and i think you know people were so i said we are so lucky to live through a pandemic hoping we do but you know because it brings so much realization of how fortunate we've been and how privileged we have been and how entitled we have been and how that <clears throat> needs to be leveled out how we can how can we level that out and help others um, which we've always lived that image but i think now we have more time to do it yeah. we have time to mm. garden two gardens at the community garden and a garden here and go work and go buy and so forth so i think that's that's this, that's our success and also we've spent we spend a lot of time with our kids and our grand kids even though they're distant so this past summer we had the two littlest ones eight and ten for three weeks one week here and there and through uh, to help out uh, because mom and dad are both doctors and they have four children and four children at home by themselves while parents are being doctors it's not a good thing not, <laughs> so, not a good idea yeah. <laughs> so, so support a family and being and enjoying is really our success so we are writing a book of these conversations. It's called Tomorrow's Heroes. It's our team of people doing good work. So you are in the team. What I'd like to know is what is your superpower? And what I'd like to know is you can give me each other's superpower. How do, what do you, how do you define superpower? No, I'm, I'm hoping you'll define it for me. It's got to be real. It's got to be real. You can't have flying or laser eyes. Oh, okay. Can, but yeah. but a a superpower that you have. Uh, so yeah. So one of one of Barb's superpowers is to reach out to uh, neighbors and friends uh, with food. Oh yeah, yeah. So I do a lot of cooking and a lot of baking. And my my mom and dad fed the tramps that used to come to the home. And they used to sit on the back porch and my mom would take hot soup out to them. And when the when the church burned down in our local town, my mom took huge vats of soup for the firemen. So it's our heritage. You know, it's part of what we've always done to make people feel better. And it's small, but it is an important thing. Okay, so now you have to figure out my superpower. What's Bob's? Bob's superpower is that he can fix a lot of things. And that's really great um, because we live in an older house now and things keep breaking down, but he also helps other people fix things and repair things and put them back together. And um, that's that's a really excellent superpower. And both of us uh, are very active in our church. And um, as, as a result of that, we're, we're very committed to um, our faith and to helping helping that faith to grow in others. So you're very active. Do you consider yourselves to be activists? Activists. I don't. I don't think because, you know, I didn't, we didn't get to go march during yeah. all of this. And, yeah. and We haven't, haven't marched. I, I don't think we've ever marched. No. <laughs> um, but, you know, my activism is very quiet underneath. 
Um, and uh, but working for change by slipping in ideas here and there. Mm. I'm not afraid to speak to my friends about how I feel and what I think about our government and about racial injustice. I'm not afraid of, to do that at all. I do try to be very careful and sensitive to others, uh, but I'm not afraid to call out and mm. say, you know, it just isn't right. You know, it isn't right to shoot someone in the back when they're out, you know. And um, so... In that sense, yes. In the sense of uh, going down to D.C. or going to Philly to do the marches, no. Uh-uh, we haven't. Uh, but we've always been of the mind of being mm-hmm. of justice. Yeah. Uh, Peace and justice. You know, working in our own way for social change. And, you know, you can, you can do that quietly and change things. And lastly, do you have any advice for our listeners? Uh, my advice would be that that everybody um, look to gratitude, gratitude for what what you have, not what you don't have, and that all of this there is much to be grateful for. So that would be my advice. Yeah, uh, I think uh, advice to you know celebrate life and uh, appreciate uh, the joy and things around you. You know appreciate the birds that fly in, the animals that walk across, uh, the things that one can see in the sky and the places that one can go to enjoy oneself. Thank you very much for that. We're playing Jingle Bells as our outro all week. So I found a jazz version. This is Wynton Marcellus, Jingle Bells. Uh, Okay. Perfect. been listening to blowing bubbles positive conversations with people in their bubbles their safe spaces around the world brought to you by the sustainable lens team which is brought to you by otago polytechnic we're broadcast on otago access radio every weekday afternoon at three and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz you can find us on facebook and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts we had a contribution today from tahu mckenzie i'm samuel mann in sawyer's bay dunedin and i have been joined by bob and barbara beck in philadelphia we hope you enjoyed the show This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.